the tales of I'm Jeremy Groove. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where we have changed all of our personalities for eight issues. That's just what we do. It's called a midlife crisis for most people. I'm much more edgy than I usually am. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm wearing a really hideous mask, if you did not know. You can't I, hear it. I eat mushrooms now. That's my, okay. that's my thing. I just ate a mushroom the You're other day. You're not a mushroom guy, eh? Not a mushroom you guy, but mushrooms? I just ate one. And it was, was like, oh, this isn't bad. Why haven't I been doing this? So that's, that's my, that's my core, that's my Corvette. <laughs> I, you know how, uh, so tastes are so fucking weird, mm-hmm. like literal taste, you know, the sensation, because I think there's no way to describe like just if something tastes good versus something tastes bad to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, also hates mushrooms. Okay. Uh, and I'm, I'm a mushroom fiend. I like mushrooms all day. Uh, for some reason it is impossible for me to understand at the same time. I have like 10 of those things. Like, I don't like melon. I don't like cucumber. There's like all these things that just taste bad to me. But for some reason, I'm like, man, why don't you eat mushrooms? Mushrooms are good. Um, it's just this weird, like, blind spot I have of not being able to understand how somebody could dislike this thing. Whereas I have a million of those little yeah. quirks like that as well. It's, it's interesting dumb. what people do and don't eat. Like, when I met Autumn, um, she was like, she wouldn't eat like tomatoes, like, full stop, mm. like, on anything. And now, now she's a fiend for them, although she still doesn't eat raw tomatoes, which I can't really blame her on not eating raw tomatoes. I mean, I... I don't I, like raw tomatoes either. I love them, yeah. but, like, also, like, I, I can see why people wouldn't, right? Like, I get it. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I get the one the weird thing that I always get are people, like, are like, really? Like, are beans, for whatever reason. Oh. Um, and it's almost every single type of bean uh, will make me physically gag. Uh, like the idea of refried beans, I just don't understand. I don't like them. Like is it I, the texture? It's definitely a texture thing. Uh, the only the only thing I can do are like really nice, crispy, like green beans, like a French green bean style. I can I can do those. Okay. But even then, I'm like, this is like I would just prefer some asparagus. Like, why are we doing this? Um, so I don't. Know. That's, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. That, that's been my big thing. And like when I say physically make me gag, like I will because I've tried them so many times over the years uh and i like like physically my body does not want them and i don't, I don't know what yeah. happened to me as a kid to make me but like it's probably some trauma right like that's the answer to everything <laughs> but yeah a bean killed your parents in crime alley probably so um, yeah <laughs> the um i uh beans don't taste like very much to me like i love them because they're a cheap source of fiber and protein like i, I do a lot of filler stuff with them mm-hmm. but they don't taste like a lot to me so that, yeah, again, it's so fascinating. Like I would love to be able to just try on somebody else's senses. That's my thing with mushrooms you know? is that they they, yeah. they have a lot of texture for something without a lot of taste, and that really irritates me. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, my problem with reality shows: a lot of texture, no taste. No taste. Yeah, bad taste. Unless it's Gordon Ramsay disguising himself as paralysis demons to infiltrate restaurants. I, which is my uh, new YouTube obsession. I love uh, Gordon Ramsay yelling at people. Uh, I know like yeah. everybody does, but man, like we watched some of the, we wa- we went back through like the F word, the, the British version of his like mm-hmm. go yell at people show. And it's so good. It's just, it's just, yeah, it. I mean, he's so like, he's such a genuine dude that it, like he just, he's so genuine with his hatred and his love of things. And it's like an equal amount of energy for both. And I really, really appreciate that. He's a, he's a real weirdo. Yeah. Uh, in ways that you don't necessarily expect if you haven't watched any of them. Go on YouTube and search uh, Gordon Ramsay Hotel Hell uh, costume mm-hmm. or disguise because he disguises himself to check out the restaurants and it brings out his absolute weirdest 
personality traits. Uh, he loves to drive. Yes. Uh, whenever he's taking the crew there, he wants to drive and gets a little pouty when he can't. Like at one point he was disguised as a cop with a bunch of cops and the cops are like, he's like, I'm a driver, right, big boy. And, uh, the cops like, no, you, you can't drive the police cruiser. And he's like, and like they left it on camera, just him being a little bit upset about it. Uh, he also, he's disgusting. Like his, all of his jokes are all like, uh, this is undercooked beef. This is like something you'd find in my grandfather's diaper. Like he's constantly <laughs> he's, saying disgusting it's such shit like that. Stuff, man. Yeah, it's, so it's really good. weird. It's such a uh, he's such he also, a weird guy. He's so weird. He can't, and he doesn't even try to disguise his accent. You know how like everybody can do an accent. Like if you were, everybody could try to sound British. Yes, he's mm-hmm. a British guy, and he has to order. He's like two sliders. Like he can barely hold his accent down. <laughs> I, it's so fucking fun to watch. They're so weird. I feel a great the kinship whole with of the that. Show? I don't know, but I, I feel a great kinship with that because like anytime I try to do an accent, I just invariably like it. It goes through like four different accents, and then I wind up on something mm-hmm. totally the opposite. So like I really appreciate someone who just has no talent for that, like me. Like I look at what Bill Hader can do, and I'm like, you're a fucking weirdo. I don't know how you yeah, do this. Yeah. So it's it is fun to watch him try though yes absolutely uh, yeah. uh we're talking about x-men legacy uh 245 <laughs> yes okay. x-men legacy 245 age of x chapter one uh we covered the the first issue of this introductory issue to age of x uh and age of x alpha in the last episode uh this is like our first like kind of main jump in and uh our cover is kind of just like hey here's a bunch of x-men uh, all looking at the screen and they're ready to fight uh and they're yep. all and they're all weird looking i think it's important like I don't do a local, my local comic book shop closed, but also I don't do a local, lot of local comic book shopping. Like most of my comics are Dina's via Marvel Unlimited nowadays. Days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would imagine if I was like looking through comic books at the store and I saw this, I'd be like, what the fuck is happening in X-Men right now? <laughs> like what is Cyclops wearing? Yeah, yeah. It's a cool looking crew other than Cyclops's mask, uh, yes. I think. Like it's a cool looking redesign. Uh, art is by Clayton Mann. Um, if I recall, got his big breakout doing the original X-Force okay. uh, relaunch um, and was kind of an it artist during this time. Um, I enjoy the art in this just fine. Yeah, that's great. Um, I remember people losing it for Clayton Mann. Eh, um, I mean, it's, time. it's I, I think it's great. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, know that's losing interiors, my mind about the, but The cover is uh, Linnell Yu mm-hmm. uh, there, who we've, we've talked about before, or Linnell Yu. Um, and we're um, gonna we're gonna start out pretty much where we left off, uh, which is uh, a bunch of X Men fighting something. We don't really even know what, but they what we do know is the X Men are in the in Fortress X uh, that Magneto has created to house all of these mutants that are being persecuted by basically everybody else in the world. Um, this is narrated. We're gonna have this overarching narration from like a green text box. Uh, this is gonna be from Legacy, aka Rogue, uh, but here yes. she is known as Legacy. Uh, for reasons that I think are extremely cool and like yeah. almost poignant, like I think that's when yeah. we get into this, I'm gonna we'll talk about it a lot. Uh, but she's gonna be kind of narrated, even though we don't know this is her yet. Like right, like this is gonna be like who is actually talking while all of these people are fighting. Yeah, they're fighting like an army. Yes, you know, they're fighting like the military, fighting Hulk targets. This is not something the X Men usually fight. And the idea here, like they they start out, you know, this is day one thousand. Um, we do this every day. Like this is a nonstop war. Um, and we're getting lots of cool, you know, good action uh, here as they're, they're fighting these, uh, these military uh, kind of bots and tanks and shit. Um, Cyclops and Cannonball are kind of at odds because uh, Cyclops' leader instincts versus Cannonball's official leader position uh, yes. here. 
are kind of uh, at odds together. They're sparring uh, as they go through. They find out that this attack was actually a feint. Um, they were only sending uh, their worst recruits at the side to draw people away from their real attack. And, and one of the things we're going to see them fight about is this this panel at the bottom of the first page where Cyclops is like letting rip on a tank. Uh, but one of the X-Men is right there, right? Like she, she, she is in the yeah. line of fire, which is very dangerous. So she could be killed. Um, and yeah, like we, we did, we find out like they, they tap into, uh, I love the idea of like calm worms, like worm me into yeah. something like somebody was having a good time with the, with the language of this, just inventing a bunch of weird shit. And I'm, I'm here kind of here for it. Worm me in yeah. bro. Worm me in Gary. <laughs> love it. I love to be wormed. Um, the, uh, you know, so they talk about this, uh, they're going to send uh, another squad, uh, over to this other person. Um, and then the, uh, it's going to be Sam's call, uh, here. Sam sends Tempo Squad over there. Yes. Um, to uh, this tank. Uh, they head over uh, to this tank. And the, uh, one of the first hints of this is silly. The, uh, the military guys are ludicrous cartoons. Yeah. Like, eat it, yeehaw. you beauty filthy. Eat it by the bucket yeah. full. <laughs> yeah, Fortress X, here we come. Uh, this is a child's idea of the military fighting the X-Men. Yes. Um, and it's like a, uh, it's also like a child's idea of like this, the tank itself, right? Like this is a huge, yeah, yeah. It's like this, huge. this is something like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from set, Star Fox. set would come with. And you'd be like, what, why are they, why are we yeah, fighting yeah. this? <laughs> it's big enough to house many mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we see Tempo squad, uh, here, uh, Tempo, a member from, of the Mutant Liberation Front. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it was very cool. Has super cool, like time powers. I've always liked, uh, in her squad, we got Gambit. We got Frenzy, uh, who's there, um, and then another person who I'm not exactly sure who this is supposed to be. Yeah. One of the new mutants, I'm sure. Uh, they head over, and uh, friend, or Tempo's in charge of, uh, of the squad, and they start fucking up this, uh, this thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a... Uh, uh, then, then somebody comes in with wings. Um, that's Nightmare, who is this version of Pixie. Yes, that's the, um, that's the purple. That's snakes. the purple chick. I was yeah. I was going to mention that when you when yeah. you got to a stopping point. I just the, the wings yeah. really threw me off for a bit, but then I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like she's 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 opposite X Men, right? So the only reason why I know it is because of uh, the epilogue to this when uh, everyone's doing therapy and stuff when they get out of this reality. I hate to take us back to a to a tangent, but what do you think Gordon Ramsay's superpower would be if he was in the X Men? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, like obviously it would be something, you know, that he just does, but that's not a superpower. I, I don't really care what his power is. I just want that personality in the mix. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, just, I, want, I guess like somebody needs to take his brain and just put it in professor Xavier. Like I want him to be the leader yeah. of the X-Men, right? Oh and my just, God. And just be yelling at people constantly. Like somebody write that. Somebody, somebody please do, an, do that. An edit of X-Men number one with Gordon Ramsay as a uh, presser Axel. It's all like, I need it in 15 seconds. No excuses. Fucking hell. You know? <laughs> do you know what, like, do you know what frog, what is the, the, the horrible line from storm? Like, do you know how frog, what, how a frog dies? From what happens to a frog? Hits right I don't care. <laughs> it's just like, I don't fucking care. Big boy. <laughs> big um, boy. Yeah. Uh, but they win. You yes. know, they're, they're beating mm-hmm. the shit out of this tank. Uh, Cypher. Uh, lock like doug lock is part of their team which i love uh comes in you know uh cypher mixed with warlock makes his way into the tank uh kind of comes out of the tech i love his uh, um, cool i love this design too of like him it's almost like liquid 
like yellow stuff coming yeah. out from him and like going into their mouths and it looks like one of them's getting in the dick too which is a bummer for that guy uh yeah yeah <laughs> super bad that um, you got ciphered in the, in the dick homie <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry about your life bro <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah too bad i ain't reading all that though <laughs> uh as this happens they kill the tank uh here uh as the other team makes upon makes upon it uh, yeah. gets there um again they're fighting scott and, and sam you know are, are fighting about leadership and everything uh it turns out though they get they were distracted they didn't notice the tempo got really hurt in the fracas yeah uh and she's dying uh sam calls in for reaper uh to make things more confusing rogue is also known as reaper yeah reaper legacy uh, rogue, and rogue reaper legacy uh and she says immediately like uh they, they've got this like talking ai that they call x we don't really know where that's coming from or anything but it's like a kind of a central command system that people are using. Um, and she asked the command, like, did he call me legacy? And she's in the pants. Like, no, they refer to you as Reaper. It's like, I hate that name. Um, and she goes to um, Tempo and like basically tells everybody, like, get out of here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take care of it from now. And she tells Tempo to like, let it go. Basically using her powers to kind of absorb tempo's memories as well as her powers and she says like you won't ever be forgotten not a moment of your life is ever going to going to be lost and this is such a interesting way to interpret rogue's powers as like this kind of infinite repository yeah Yeah, i I love archive what a great and i know they did they're they're playing i know like in the future hitman's going to do some of this stuff with krakoa and the and the Hoxpox era right like that that some of this stuff is going to come back but just like right here it's such a personal touch too like it feels like rogue and then, and there's also like this element of sacrifice to it too that I think is is really interesting. Where Rogue has to endure this, like Rogue's powers have never been easy for her. Like they've never been yes. a situation where she's been able to just like, oh, this is great. I've absorbed Carol's powers, and now I have all of her memories, and this is great. Like that's never been the case. It's always been horrifying for her, and to, for her to do this for her species, I think is is really powerful. I'm just I was really entranced with this idea. I'm reading it. It's uh, it's real cool too. This is spoiler stuff, but after this all ends, she's gonna keep this stuff. Uh, it made me want to read X Men Legacy, uh, to see what happens with it. Yeah, you know, uh, with her keeping all of these uh, these memories. Man, that, and that, isn't and that the, like the best thing that can ha- that a crossover event could do <laughs> is like make you want to yeah, read yeah. more? <laughs> like, what happened? <laughs> I want to know more. Yeah, yeah, it makes me. Uh, when X Men Legacy first came out, I read the first couple issues, but it was shortly before I got out of comics, mm-hmm. so I never stuck with it. Uh, outside of seeing it in some crossovers but i like mccarry there's really no reason and i love rogue there's really no reason for me not to spend more time with it yeah i read a bunch of this um, stuff when i was big into reading comics in the in the evening time like before i would go to bed i read and that's why i read this the first time a few years ago like i went yeah. through some of this stuff um so she she sucks up tempo uh that's what she does and they're you know they're not going to make more mutants they're in a hell world mm-hmm. so every you know every single life is uh, very precious uh luckily as they wrap this up uh who should appear but the force warriors um and they put the walls back up yes you know um this is five telekinetics uh from the thing it is hard to spot exactly who everyone is but the main one is legion yes um legion is dressed up like like a right said fred Mm -hmm. uh in this he's got a mohawk instead of his ordinary silly hair and he is a walking sex god yes he's got his he's got his pants unbuttoned gary yeah, yeah, like top button, unbutton, like just easy access. And that's definitely got, Avalanche uh, next yeah. to him, you think? No, that, or that's, uh, that's a Psylocke. Um, that's Julian. That's Hellion. Oh, uh, next okay. To him. Yeah. Um, a version of Phoenix and then another person I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Which we probably would recognize. Uh, a version of Rachel Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. 
and we alluded to this in the first episode but like the other we, we cut over to the other team the tempo team and they're like yeehaw like i, I would i would yes. i would let him do some things i would teach him a, a thing or two about irresistible force like that kind of stuff um they're having yep. they're having a good time with this um and we go back to rogue's narration of what the force warriors are doing like this is you know they're creating these walls every single day to to keep people out to keep them safe right and it's a you know, and this is, I think, the first time that they mentioned the the precursors, the baseline humans who hate us so much, right? Like this, that's the that's the presumed enemy in all of this. Um, and then yeah, they the the, the X command calls everybody back to the the fortress, and Rogue's like, no, nah, I'm just gonna chill out here. Like I'm, I'm I've yeah. got to deal with this stuff. Like the taking the, these memories like stress me out, so I'm gonna do the thing out here. I'm just gonna chill. It, yeah, it's setting up our our situation here. So every single day is the same. They these force warriors put up the shields. They last as long as they last, giving people time to rest, but they don't last forever. Yes. And then they have to fight them off until the Force Warriors can recharge. It is a uh, perpetual war. Yep. You know? Um, we cut to uh, Legion leaving. He's talking to Moyer McTaggart uh, there. And uh, she's being very motherly of him, but he is adjusted well to this. You know, it's an honor to be a Force Warrior. Yeah. You know, uh, I love this. Uh, things are going to keep, are going to get more desperate, but I'm going to stay on top of it until it does. Yeah. And she's, you know, she, she's worried about him and he's like, we're not even fighting. Like this is, they're not not willing to risk me. Um, we cut over to the rat run, uh, because every X-Men comic book has to have a bar for people to go to, to blow off steam. Um, and Wolverine is running the bar. Uh, and this is, um, why did I just blank? Frenzy. Frenzy. Uh, and Frenzy kind of is fucking with Wolverine a little bit being like, you know, you're here so it doesn't matter that we keep some we lost somebody like as long as you're good here right like pop those claws and he's like i would literally die if i do that and he's like yeah come on like, let me let me see it yeah. um and he eventually just was like why don't you just like drink yourselves and forget all about all this stuff that's what i try to do every day yep and who comes in but uh basilisk comes in uh and we find out they're together he's like i thought i'd find you at home you know uh She's going to take, she says, I'm going to need you to take that helmet off tonight. Wash this garbage off of me. They have a BDSM style relationship. Yes. Uh, there. I love this small running sub theme of Cyclops's lovers and taking off the helmet. Uh, in New X-Men, uh, it happens. Jean Grey, he takes off his helmet or takes off his visor and Jean Grey holds him back. In X-Men uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix Unsong, mm-hmm. I think. Um uh, Emma Frost tries to do that. She's like, I'm diamond. You can't hurt me. And he takes off the helmet and it just ricochets everywhere. Yes. Uh, like nobody gets hurt, but it's really ugly. It doesn't work. And then frenzy, this lover who is just strong enough to take it. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's not going to reflect it. She's not going to hold it back. She's just going to absorb it because she's indestructible. Yeah. I will need you to wash all this garbage off of me. Um, yeah. We go around the room uh, to some other, some, you know, this is classic X-Men blowing off steam, right? Uh, you know, asking Namor is playing cards with fucking Sam Guthrie. Yeah. <laughs> a situation that <laughs> like will nev- imagine. never yeah. ever occur ever again. And of course, like Colossus is in the room too. Um, yeah. And we get some, like just a little bit of just like kind of offhand comments of, you know, what's it like living with the goddess? It's like, you know, Aurora doesn't see herself that way. Um, and of course, you know, uh, then we find out that Psylocke, uh, and, um, Sam Guthrie are kind of in a relationship, uh, together. Uh, and we kind of just basically go around the room, uh, and Gambit mentions like some past stuff of like, you know, like what would have happened if, 
you know, if we had all met earlier and he's like, I don't think anything would have been different. Like the Phoenix would have still have yeah. eaten Albany, uh, which is an interesting way to express it. And like the Sapien League would have stolen the election. So getting kind of clues into the things that led into this universe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cut back over to Rogue, who is talking to that AI X who's trying to stop her. Um, she's in this, uh, this area that is dangerous. She shouldn't be here alone. Yes. You know, even though it's behind uh, the walls, like it's, she's still yeah. in this area that they, they have deemed too dangerous for her to be in, which is another interesting kind of like look on the, on this whole situation. Yeah. Uh, the barrier while she's wandering around gets breached. Uh, somebody comes in, uh, she's going to, you know, at first she feels like this is a threat, but it's obviously somebody who's very hurt. And then that person phases in. Uh, phases like they're holding an object, they phase it into another object. Uh oh. Yep. Uh, we know who this is, but uh oh, who shows up but other X Men? Yes. Show up to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh, this person. It turns out like they think this is an intern, this is an external threat, right? Like somebody snuck in. Yes. So, um, they like try to, to run her down and hit her, and she, they just phase right through her. Um, they, they take the mask off and they're, they recognize her like this is, she's one of us. Um, and yeah. Magneto shows up and says, yes, yeah, she is one of us. This is Catherine pride. She's one of the most dangerous mut- mutants. So she's been deemed uh, too dangerous to be able to out. She's, you know, she, she, we keep her locked up. Like she was supposed to be inside. So this isn't an external threat. This is an internal threat. So this yep. should not be happening. This is, and we have to keep this a secret. I'm going to take her. Um, morale is a fragile thing. A single word would break it. Yeah. You know, uh, and she takes her away, and this is obviously no good. You know, this this is spooky and, and something scary spooky and like, is happening. Absolutely, something, yeah, something something bad's happening. Rogue knows, uh, saw her put that camera inside this wrecked out car. Um, she goes and retrieves the car, and she looks at uh, the picture on the camera and says, "It's like I was bitten, infected." Yes, uh, here we're gonna find out what's on this camera, but it's it's a mystery. You know, setting up the mystery here. Magneto takes Kitty back to uh, Fortress X, presumably the bottom of Fortress X, uh, where danger runs a prison for dangerous for dangerous mutants, um, which is a little on the nose. I feel like yep. if I was a team yeah. of surviving <laughs> X-Men, I think I would be concerned that there's like a concentration camp for mutants in my backyard. That seems like a thing that I yes. would care about. But um Maybe people don't know. I, I don't know. Or maybe, maybe like whatever it, is happening in this world has, has like eluded them to, to be able to think about this in, in, in those terms. They, yeah. They, they know, but their brain has been rewritten to think it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, until it unravels. Uh, um, this is dangerous territory too much, so much to the extent where she uh, kind of tells Magneto, like, I'll take Kitty. And he's like, absolutely not. Like I, I am the only one that's allowed to visit her. We do have to find out how she escaped, what she went to and what she saw. Um, yeah. and you know, danger always looks like, like she has something else going on. Um, the most interesting part of this is rogue being like, you know, it took a thousand days after the humanist coalition declared the X-Gen illegal, the whole world fell into line a thousand days after we threw up the barricades, like the day it all started to fall apart. So like we're, as, and as she's, as she's seeing this, Magneto is walking by all of the psychic mutants and it's, we've realized like. We haven't seen a single telepathic mutant in this yet. Like, where's yep. the Emma Frost? Here, here are the cuckoos. Uh, there's um, the floating bright Martha, Martha from from you yeah. know, um, the new X Men, and then Ed, in his own cell, quietly lit by one single spotlight, which seems rude. Is Professor X yes. in a hospital bed? <laughs> yeah. Lay in this yep. bed while we shine uh, a bright light on you for aesthetic purposes, please. <laughs> yeah, like give him an eye mask. What I say, yeah, absolutely. Um, the uh, but yeah, so they're not having any psychics. So all of the psychics uh, are being uh, trapped. 
it's fascinating earlier when you said they were going to do stuff like this, similar to this in House of X. House of X owes tons to this. Oh, yeah. Or uh, yeah. like the current Krakoa age with them. Uh, you know, the I have not, there have been advancements in that. I have not, I'm not current on it. I know that it's very similar though when they're in kind of a, a stable realm, but any uh, precogs are kept yes. uh, out. Um, I know it's revealed why. Don't spoil it for me, please, if you're listening. Um, I do, you know, intend to read all the Dawn of X stuff at some point. Um, but that's very similar to this. You know, this this is kind of like a fast forward condensed version of of age, of Dawn of X stuff. Yeah. Um, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. And, and look, just the cracks are beginning to show. Like any anything that looks, you know, it this is too bad to be true. It's it's a dystopia, not a utopia. But it's uh we're gonna find out this is a utopia for one person. And and I just want to say like that's a good thing, right? Like Hawksbox being built yeah. on, on top of this stuff, this Krakow and being on top of this stuff is classic X-Men, like taking all of the stuff that the X-Men are and have done, even the weird universal stuff, remixing those. That's what this is doing. And that's what that, the, that, that is doing now, right? Like that's all yeah. of that stuff is very, very X-Men. That's why we love the X-Men so much is because you can take these characters, mix them up, do crazy shit with them. And it still feels like X-Men, right? Like that's, that's the big thing. So yeah. Um yeah. I I'm I'm looking forward to finishing this. Uh we're we're I'm very excited. Like this is it, it's a rough start if you don't know going in that you're not supposed to understand anything. Um like <laughs> and because they don't do like they don't do any place setting or time setting at all, which I actually really appreciate reading this because I'm I think the last thing we, I just we talked about that Wolverine series where they were like 5 minutes ago and I was like what the fuck dude come on stop. Uh, yeah, yeah. So having this yeah. just be like you have to trust us is like, and they're them trusting the reader to come along that journey is refreshing. It's a, it's confidence. Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's kind of thing whenever I see it, uh, I really like it. We and Cole just for watch out for fireballs covered the order 1886, Mm -hmm. which by no means you have to play that game, you know? Uh, but it, uh, it sets you up in an alternate universe world and has almost no exposition. Yeah. Yeah you're just able to pick up stuff through context, but characters don't explain things. And like the way the thing I admire about it is it's never talking to the player. Uh, the way this is set up by throwing you in the deep end like this, the characters are saying things to each other that mostly make sense. They're never being like, as you know, since this, you know, they, it feels more lived in and natural. And that's very important to me. Awesome. Um, I'd rather pick things up that way than, than just have somebody tell me the history or like read a codex. Yeah. I want, I want Gambit to pick up a playing card and flip it over and have, like, this is, this playing card came from the Age of Magneto. I want the Dark Souls notes version of the X-Men yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah. like, it like having the dialogue be this, like, glimpses into the history that we don't know, removes the other, like, bugbear that I think you and I have about comics, which is characters explaining their powers to one another for the 14th time. Like, yes. And yeah, yeah. there's really none of that. Like, we just see Gambit, like, shoving some bullets into a gun or, like, throwing cards and everything. Like, we don't... He's not like, I'm going to kinetically charge up these cards, share. Like, there's none of that bullshit. And it feels oh, yeah. really we good. Just, you just put it together. Yeah. yeah you just mm-hmm. kind of figured out. Because it's not ultimately important. Exactly. You know? Yeah. None of that like, stuff early really comics matters. Were, no, it, it's, it's cool. Like, it's candy. You know, you and I like it. Because the idea of Gambit having a gun and charging up bullets and shooting them, I think, is cool. But, like, the, the 12-year-old me thinks that's cool. The, the part of me that just, like, wants to read the story and cares about the characters knows that doesn't need we don't need to spend time on that yeah. i can just figure that out in the margins so and it's you know that's, uh, it's such an interesting place for comics to be at at a certain time too right because like as you were probably about to say like in the in the past you needed to have that you had to have you had to explain what your who your characters were and what they do in every issue yes. you couldn't guarantee that someone read the first 10 issues or the the issue even the issue directly before it so like you kind of had to do that versus this where there's enough established x-men history and there's enough of a 
market for people who are just into X-Men shit where they could just go, fuck it. Like, we're going to throw those out. We're going to throw all those rules that we would normally do out and just, like, they're going to have to come on this journey with us. And that's, like I said, refreshing in a way. So, Yeah. Yep, yep. Agreed. Um. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash TV and donate some money every month. Uh, in exchange, you will get access to the uh, cool Slack server. You will get access to a bunch of exclusive content, all kinds of exclusive podcasts that Gary and Cole and the rest of the people on the network do. Uh, just, a, just a literal fire hose of content. So go, go, please go check that out. Uh, and if you can't do that, then tell your friends, leave ratings and reviews, um, write the name of the podcast down and put it in a bottle, hopefully a bi- biodegradable bottle, I guess. That's, no, 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 that's just littering now that I'm thinking about it. That's well, you just, can put it in a bottle for your recycling guy. There you go. Yeah, send it to your recycling yeah. guy via ocean. Yes. Yes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fed ocean this a, to you. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to float. Just put it in a bottle and put it in your bin. There you go. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. Let, 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 the, let the recycling uh, guys sort it out. But tell them about the podcast. Um, and we so appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back next week with more Age of X. Bye.